0: Well, good morning, Mosaic Church. It's so good to be here with you all as we gather together in worship. My name is John, um, and I have the joy and privilege of being one of your pastors. And I say that with sincerity. I can't think of any other place I would rather be than with Mosaic Church and serving here as a pastor. As we kick off a new year, we're looking at and remembering and reflecting on our foundations as Mosaic Church. We're thinking about why are we here. What are we called to do as a church, and how are we called to do it? And last week, we looked at the why. Why are we here? Why are we here as Mosaic Church? Because we want to be a church that is seeing the gospel and its fruits cover every square inch of the city of Richardson. What are we called to do to cultivate life in Christ, life together, and life on mission? We're going to look at that next week, but this week, I want to talk about how we are to do the work of the Lord. It's an issue of identity. How are we to be about the work of the Lord? And when I think about what we're trying to do this Sunday, I think about the idea of alignment. We are trying to align ourselves to the realities of doing the work of the Lord with the Lord. Because there's a very real danger and temptation for us to begin to do the work of the Lord without the Lord. And so we want to align everything we do at Mosaic Church with our identity. Who are we? We are a gospel-centered family of disciple-makers. And how will we know when this identity is fully formed, when we see and hear that Mosaic Church has become a place where outsiders are becoming insiders? When strangers are welcomed into the family of God, where they're sitting at our dinner tables, where they're sitting in our living rooms, where they are part of our social circles, and they are feeling loved and cared for, and they are eventually becoming students of Jesus and learning his ways. Why is identity important? Because it is trying to get at this important principle of being precedes doing. Why do we have an identity statement? Because it's so important that we remember that being must precede doing. This is a fundamental Christian belief structure that guards us from losing our way because it's so easy for us to flip it and to put doing before being. The idea that if we do the right thing the right way, we can, in a sense, establish who we are. We can, in a sense, Create this identity, create our sense of self. And this idea can infiltrate the church. It can infiltrate Mosaic Church. And it looks something like this If I can study my brains out and know the most about the Bible, then I'll be significant at Mosaic. Or if I can just read the Bible like I know I should, then I'll be significant. At Mosaic. If I can have the insights, if I can have the, the theological comments that I need to in Bible study, then I'll be significant. Or maybe it's if I can be the most dependable, caring friend, then I'll be worthy at Mosaic. I'll be worthy to be called a Christian if I can only be dependable and more caring. If I can share the gospel every day, if I can just share the gospel effectively then I'll be useful. This this false principle that is a worldly principle that puts doing before being, it can infiltrate our life at Mosaic Church. And what we're doing today is we're aligning ourselves to our identity. Because what I've just mentioned, this is not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is we, from a place of acceptance, We feast on the Bible. We study the Bible. From a place of love, we seek to be caring and faithful in loving our brothers and sisters. And so when we grasp fully our God-given identity, then and only then can we do the right things the right way. And there's three components to Mosaic's identity, gospel, family, and disciple. Gospel, the heart of the Jesus movement, the heart of our faith is the good news that Christ has come, that he has secured our salvation on the cross and in the resurrection. And the gospel rescues, it renews, it revives. It's the revolutionary message that by faith, sinners and brokenhearted failures are forgiven of their sin and are adopted into the family of God all because of what Christ has done. The gospel is not about what we bring to the table and what we bring to God. It's all about what Jesus has done on our behalf. And by faith, we attach ourselves to what he has done. And we are forgiven and adopted. Paul says in Ephesians 1, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. In Galatians, he also talks about this adoption. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. There's a positional change that happens in the gospel. We were orphans. We were alienated from God, separated from God. But by faith, we are forgiven and welcomed into the family of God. This is a positional change, and what this means is that our position before God is not as an orphan, it's as a child. It's as a beloved son, a beloved daughter, and this is where we sit this morning. This is where we try and align everything we do to our identity We study the Bible, we care for one another, we share the gospel with our neighbor, not in order to become a son or daughter, but because we are. We minister from a place of acceptance. And when we forget this core identity, who we are before God because of Christ, we can very easily get tripped up in an orphan mentality. This orphan mentality, this little voice that creeps into our hearts and minds that says, you're not really loved. You're not really accepted. You're not really welcomed into God's family. How can you be a son if you're doing this? How can you be a daughter if this is what you think about when no one's watching? And it's in this orphan mentality that we subtly begin abiding by this worldly principle to put doing before being. Because when we begin to believe that we are not really loved, that we're not really accepted, that we're not welcomed by God, we begin to function and operate in a way that is trying to secure love, trying to secure acceptance. And we begin to use our devotional habits our missional lifestyle and our generosity to Richardson—all leveraged to try and prove ourselves worthy. And what we want to say this morning, we want to align ourselves to this identity, and we want to remember together that, friends, you're beloved. You are a child of God. If you have been reborn by the spirit of God, you stand before your heavenly Father as a son, as a daughter. You are loved and accepted and made clean not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus has done. Being gospel centered is simply aligning your heart, mind and soul with truth. And this is the place when we step out and begin to do the work of the Lord with the Lord. When we do the work of the Lord from a place of security, from a place of being adopted as a child of God. You might be thinking, this orphan mentality, it's too loud, it's too hard. I'm with you right here. I hear you, I receive it. But Monday morning comes and I feel totally different. Well, there's good news because you also have a gospel identity, but you also have a family identity. We are a family. Because you are a child of God, we are a family. Brothers and sisters, spiritual mothers and fathers, all learning what it looks like to live together in love and unity. Jesus says, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In the kingdom of God, Mosaic Church is a family. Look around. We even hear the sounds of family these days in our gatherings. We're a family. We are learning what it looks like to love one another on the good days and the bad days. And what this means is that your life, your participation in Mosaic Church means that you are surrounded by people who love and care for you. You are surrounded by people who want what's best for you. You're surrounded by people who want to point you to the Lord. And when we forget this identity, who we are in the family of God, we get tripped up by a survival mentality. We must be sufficient on our own. We think, I, I just need to work harder. I need to stuff it down and white-knuckle it. I need to fend for myself because no one's got my back. And aligning ourselves to the family identity is believing that you are surrounded by people who love and care for you that you are surrounded by people at this church who want what's best for you. And this is going to take some work for us. We're going to have to learn how to trust one another. We're going to have to learn how to assume the best in one another. But if I could press in here, most of us are ready to sign up for the helping. We want to pray for those who are hurting. We want to love those who need to be loved. We want to care and be the people of God. But one of the more challenging aspects of our family identity is learning to let others in on the bad days. To learn to to really allow people into our heartache, into our loss, into our deep fears, our deep wounds. It's kind of like the hesitation we feel when we invite people over in our house is a mess. You know the feeling, right? There's little crusty things on the floor. There's laundry everywhere. There's dirty dishes. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to invite people over when our house looks like that. But we don't think about it when family's coming over. We're probably more willing to invite family into our mess than we are people at Mosaic, right? Right? And what what we want to learn and begin to do is trust one another enough to welcome people into our mess. And that's going to take great courage. But when we open ourselves up to our brothers and sisters, when we welcome people into our mess, we open ourselves up to God. When we welcome brothers and sisters into our hopelessness, into our heartache, God plants hope. In our hearts, God plants love in our hearts. When we open ourselves up to our brothers and sisters with our fears and anxiety, God is able to plant the truth of the gospel into our hearts and minds. The nearness of God is felt. And this is gonna happen in kitchens, this is gonna happen in living rooms, it's gonna happen in parks and coffee shops. And I've seen this happen at Mosaic Church. We have witnessed folks who are hurting, who are hopeless, welcome and receive the care of the church. And it is powerful. It is a beautiful witness to what Jesus is doing in the world. He's building a family, a group of people who were orphans, who have now been adopted into a family and are learning what it looks like to love to live in unity, to assume the best, regardless of political ideations, regardless of political affiliations, regardless of income status, regardless of social circles. They're learning to live together as a family. But you might be sitting there thinking, I don't feel that. I don't feel like the people here have my back. I don't feel like this is my family, let me encourage you. We want to be your family. <laughs> we would love to be your family. We want to care for you. We want to step into your life and encourage you and point you to the Lord. And so I'd invite you to step towards us. There's going to be a time at the end for prayer. Stay. Talk to us. We want to pray for you. We want to care for you. But maybe you're sitting there thinking, I do feel that. I feel like people here have my back. This is my church. I feel loved and cared for. If that's you, join us in the mission to welcome people into the family. Don't take what you have for granted because there are people in this church, there are people in our city that don't have a family. And so join with us in welcoming others into this family experience. So we are children of God. We are a family, but we are also disciples. We are student learners of Jesus and his way, sent out into the world to be about his work. This is why we often talk about ourselves as followers of Jesus. We are following Jesus. We're following someone. We're we're focused on him. We're learning from him. He lived the perfect life. He is the representation of the law of God. He lives the life that we should live, and we're learning from him. He shows us what it looks like to walk by the Spirit, to do God's work, and to live in constant fellowship with the Father. And we're learning from him. We're being taught by him, we're growing in likeness to him. But if we're not careful, if we're not focused on Jesus, we will be shaped by the streams of influence around us. The reality is we're all being discipled. The question is, who are we being discipled by? What are we being discipled by? And if we're not focused on Jesus, if we're not receiving his shaping influence, his truth, his guiding voice, we will be shaped by all of the influences around us. Because just as Jesus has a way of life, America also has a way of life. And Dr. Ashley Hales, she's wrote a fantastic book called Finding Holy in the Suburbs. And one of the things she does in her book is she identifies the way the suburban life shapes our desires. And she compares the suburban way of life with the Jesus way of life. So I, just, I want to review a few of these just so we can see the difference between being shaped by Jesus and shaped by America. She hits four categories, consumerism, individualism, busyness, and safety. Consumerism, America, the American way says we are defined by what we consume. The Jesus way is learning that we have everything we need in the kingdom so we are free to give. Under individualism, the American way says that we are defined by what we accomplish. The Jesus way is learning that Jesus' work is finished, it is accomplished, and we are defined by where we belong. Under busyness, the American way says we are defined by how productive and active we are. The Jesus way is learning to be defined by who God is and what he's doing in the world. Under safety, the American way says that we are defined by how well we can secure our way of life and keep the darkness of the world out. The Jesus way is learning to see the world as God sees it and welcoming those who are far from God into our homes. So you want to know if you're a student of the world or a student of Jesus? A really easy way to evaluate that this is this one question that you can ask. What is Jesus teaching me? What is Jesus teaching you? A question you can ask weekly, a question you can ask in your gospel community or to your spouse. What is Jesus teaching you? Or another way to ask it is what is Jesus teaching us as a people in a nation that is eating itself alive? What is Jesus teaching his people right now? And what this question does is it reinforces our identity as disciples, as student learners. Because when we can't answer that question, we probably are being discipled by something or someone else. And when we step into this identity as a disciple, we begin to start functioning and doing the work of the Lord with the Lord. Because there's a very real danger that we all face of doing the work of the Lord without the Lord. And today we're trying to align ourselves to our identity, to be about the work of the Lord with the Lord. So how should we go about God's work in the city of Richardson as a gospel-centered family of disciple-makers? This is what aligns us to do the work God is calling Mosaic to do with Jesus is when we have our identity intact. You're not an orphan. You're a child of God. And we engage in the work God has called us to as a son or a daughter. You're not sufficient in yourself. Some of us have learned that the hard way. We need brothers and sisters investing in our life. You're not sufficient in yourself, but you have a family in the church. And we want to avoid being discipled by America and learn to continually be students of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to remember that it's our identity that shapes the way we engage in ministry. The way we engage in what God has called us to as a church. Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you for meeting us in our sin, for meeting us in our pain, for meeting us today and reminding us of the realities that you have adopted us into your family. Father, I pray that you would, by your Spirit, plant the seeds of a gospel identity deep within us as a church. Would we be a people that are celebrating together, that are remembering together, that are challenging each other together to live in light of what Jesus has done on the cross. God, help us to become and to live in this identity of family. Give us the courage to allow others into our mess, into our brokenness. And help us to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, learning from him, loving him, serving him. Lord, orient us to our identity so that from this place of acceptance, we can go out and be your people to the city of Richardson. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.